All right, Jabosai. Good evening, good evening, a good night of Shabbos. Maybe what we'll do is tonight, we'll, uh, we'll begin with uh, a little bit of learning. We'll see, maybe we'll get some more, uh, we'll get some more backup from Moshe over here. No, Moshe, is, is Ellie coming tonight? Did he, did he say anything? No, no, Ellie, Ellie Cohn. Did he say? Okay. All right, Demir Hashem. Good, we'll see, Demir Hashem. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get to sing a little bit. So we'll say, so let's, uh, let's continue. Let's continue. So we are, Bar Hashem, making our way. Our journey through the Talichaim, through the Chalban. And I will say, you know, we have to we have to dedicate our learning tonight in the Zechos of the Jewish communities in the Ukraine. You know, it's uh, it's an amazing thing to see what's unfolding on the world stage. It's just incredible to see that in 2022, you don't you don't think like you look at these events and you think to yourself like you're you know you read in history, one country just decided to go and invade another country and. And, and it's, just, it's just a wildly bizarre thing. And it's even more overwhelming when you see that, you see that to a very large degree, the world seems so powerless to be able to stop it. And, you know, again, you see like now when you see, you begin to see emergency funds set up for the different communities in the Ukraine, the OU sent out information, Aguda sent out information. And again, Halavai, it should just, it should just not be needed, but... You know, it, it, it's, such a, it's such a dramatically amazing thing because you're talking about, you know, I was thinking about this, you're talking about a place where historically, you know, normally, to be honest, what happens in Ukraine, what Russia does to Ukraine, let them, let them, you know, you almost want to say, that, let them take care of each other. You know, that, 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 that soil, Russia, Ukraine, is soaked with so much Jewish blood. So much Jewish blood, rampant, systemic anti-Semitism. What our people have gone through in both of these countries, but yet we still see, we still see Achinu Bnei Yisrael are there now. There are communities now, and again, there are some communities that Baruch Hashem are accomplishing incredible things in the world of Torah, in the world of Ruchnius, and so the Ribbon Shalom, you know, is the Leiv Malach in Biyado. The hearts of kings are in the hands of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We never know the plan that Hakadosh Baruch Hu has for the world. But we should be Zochem Hashem that all of the men, women, and children who are in these communities should Hashem be delivered to safety. They should find themselves. They should find themselves Hashem out of harm's way, and Hashem should usher in the period of Mashiach, a period of a stopping to this, to the war, to the conflict. Lo a day when just nations will learn to coexist and peoples will learn to coexist. And the Mir Tashem, the light of Mashiach, will blanket the world. May that occur. So with that, let us begin. So we're continuing on page Nun Gimel. So if you remember again, so we've been going through the Chalban. And the Chalban has been teaching us. But it doesn't look good when the chef doesn't eat his own food. <laughs> I'm realizing this, you know. <laughs> you know, everyone else is eating. Your mom is, uh, yeah. So we saw how the Chaban is describing the dynamics of Golos and Geula, how the Chaban is describing Pnimius and Chitzonius, and the Chaban is trying to give us, to awaken within us a, a desire for Mashiach. Remember again, we're learning all of this not to make ourselves feel bad about Golos, but to awaken within ourselves a desire for Geula. A real desire for something bigger, a real desire for something better. So let's pick up on page Nun Gimel. So the Chalban says as follows. He says, it's the paragraph that starts, Leiv Chadosh, the Ruach Chadosha. So the Chalban writes, We have to really take to heart 
שהשם יספרך מקיים בנו כעס חיו אס הנבואה הזו ונשאתי לכם לב חדש ורוח חדש אתן בקרב לכם. As I mentioned in last week's shir, we're now going to transition a little bit. And up until this point, we've really been much more focused on Golos and the dynamic of Golos and what Golos means. Now the Chaban says, let's begin to focus a little bit more on Geula. Because we'll say now, for the first time, I think many of us, we have an understanding of what Golos is. Right? What's Golos? Golos is the Chitzonius. Golos is the focus on the individual. The lack of understanding about my role and my connection to the collective. But again, now I want to begin to transition from Golos to Geula. So the Chaban writes as follows. He says, he says, we have to begin to take to heart that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is beginning, is beginning to go out and bring to fruition the nevuah. That Hashem says, I will, give you a, I will give you a new heart, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will place inside of you. And a new spirit I'll place inside of you. And the Chaban says, So here the Chaban says, here the Chaban says, that what? That already we begin to see, we begin to see this dynamic. Andre, if there's not a seat over here, you could just pull one from the, is there one? Oh, good. So, so you, you, we, we, we begin to see, we begin to see already a change. He says, already says the Chaban today, you could begin to look into the deeper neshamas of Klal Yisrael. And you can begin to see, Hechsher Ma'amadrega Zu. We begin to see a beginning, a change. There's something different within Klal Yisrael. There's something different in the world. There's something different inside of us. Vanu tzrichin lahachin atzmenu. And says the Chaban, we have to go ahead and be ready to ready ourselves, to prepare ourselves for our new heart, for our new spirit that is about to descend down upon us from above. But if you remember again, one of the things that we focus on in the last Shi'urim is how the Torah, the Torah of Golos is different than the Torah of Geula. Right, the Torah of Galos, remember again, like the Chaban said, what's the Torah of Galos? What's the Torah of Galos? The Torah of Galos pretty much consists of halacha. Halacha, Dalar Amos of halacha. Because Torah of Galos teaches you just what to do, how to live. How to live, that's pretty much what Torah of Galos is focused on. Torah of Geula is so much deeper. Torah of Geula represents relationship. Torah of Geula ultimately, again, allows us to reach a certain level almost of nevuah. Torah of Geula allows us to tap into ourselves, to tap into the klal. And so the Chaban says, and, and, and again, and, and, and the next steps after that, the next steps after that ultimately, again, are the fact that my heart is different. The heart, the heart of a Jew in Geula is different than the heart of the Jew in Galos. And so the Chaban says, the only way to transition from Golos to Geula is to begin to prepare my heart. I have to prepare my heart for this late Chodesh. I have to prepare my heart for this new era. So the Chaban goes on, he says, 
When Mashiach comes, well, actually, we're going to see this, this new Ruach, this new Ruach Hadasha, page Nun Gimel, second paragraph. This new spirit will permeate every aspect of our national existence. What will the spirit do? This deep spirit will awaken something in people who have been lost for such a long time. And I will say, ultimately, again, we'll be able to go ahead. That, that spirit will awaken within us a want, a desire to be able to hear the Torah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the Chaban says so beautifully that this new Ruach, this new spirit, will awaken something different inside of us. It will awaken, it will awaken this tshuva, this sense of return, this desire to connect. And he says, it will awaken the neshamas of those who have been dormant up until this time. Because there's a whole swath of Klal Yisrael, a whole swath of the Jewish people, forget about uninspired, that's just disconnected. You know, the, the, the Pew study that came out had a staggering number. They said that 30% of Orthodox Jewry, right, assimilates. Now, everybody agrees that that number does not make sense. Number does not, it's, there's no way it's 30%, but it, probably 10%, probably 10%, right? There, there is, we do have a challenge of retention, right? We're losing people. There, there's no Shiloh, we're losing people. And that's the people who are in and then fall out. And then there's the whole segment of the population that just don't know. They, they were never in to begin with. So people who don't, right, as they say, you don't know what you don't know, right? So there's a whole segment of Klali so that doesn't even know. So there's people who know and then fall off, and then there's people who never know. And the, the, the Chaban says that in this time of Geula, in this incredibly dramatic time of Geula, there's going to be an awakening of the Neshama for everyone, for everyone. Even those who are lost are going to find their way back. And even those, ultimately, again, who never knew they were lost, will realize they're lost and want to come back. Those who know they're lost will finally find the courage to come back. He goes on, he says, I will say, by the way, it's, it's, very, it's, it's pretty amazing that we're learning this, that we're learning this piece now about the awakening of hearts to go ahead and return back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when in the daf this morning, we just did the story of Elisha ben Avuya. Right? <laughs> pretty, pretty amazing timing and confluence of events. How we just spent so much of the daf today focusing on the story of a man who was in, fell out, yearned, really deep down yearned to come back, but couldn't figure out how to get back in. He just couldn't figure out how to get back in. And after enough time of being on the out and not being able to get back in, what happens? What happens? You just give up. You just give up. I'll say, you know, the tragedy of the Elisha ben Avuya story. So just, he just gave up. Elisha ben Avuya just, he just stopped trying. Because when, the, as I said this morning, when the door gets slammed in your face enough times, you just simply stop trying to get inside anymore. And what the Chaban is describing over here is that in the period of Geula, there's an awakening. There's an awakening that the Neshama wants to come back. The Neshama yearns to come back. You know, it's like Rabbi Soloveitchik points out, he says the word tshuva, you know, we, we often go ahead and translate tshuva as repentance. But the truth is the true etymological root of tshuva is what? Return. 
return. And in fact, the Rav says something amazing. He says, you know, the first time we see the word Shuva, or not the first time, one of the times we see the word Shuva is by Shmuel Hanavi. Shmuel Hanavi, Shmuel wasn't only the prophet, he was also the Shabbat, he was also the judge. And so the Navi describes that Shmuel did something very interesting. He would leave his home at the beginning of the year, and he would essentially be like quite literally like a circuit judge. He literally would go ahead and go all over the land to adjudicate. And the Lashon of the Pasuk is, Uteshuva so harama. When Shmuel returned to his hometown in Ramah, in the north of Eretz Yisrael. And the Rav says, it's amazing. What's tshuva? Tshuva is a return home. See, home is where I began. Home is where I began. I just so many times in life, I just lose my way. I wander away from home. Tshuva is not coming back to something new. Tshuva is coming back to that which I once had, but I lost. That's the entire dynamic of tshuva. Uchuva so harama. Rabbi Salavichik says, he says, because life, life is a circle, not a box of chocolates, right? He says, he says, right? He, he says, life, life is a circle. Life is a circle. And he says something amazing. He says, the only shaila is, is it the radius anaki, right? Does the circle have a large radius or a small radius? Which means everyone at some point in time tries to come back. It's just the shaila of when. And how? And here, about you know what the Chaban is describing? You know, all of us think about, we think about Mashiach, we think about Geula. So again, we're focused on, you know, we're focused on, you know, the, like the Gemara says, loaves of bread are going to grow from the ground, right? And all this, and all this supernatural stuff. And the truth is, the Chaban says, you know what the most amazing part of Geula is? That there's going to be an awakening of the Neshama. That Jews are going to want to be connected. That Jews are going to want to have a connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, That that desire to connect is going to be clear and driving my actions. Look what he writes. Leiv chadash zayitar es levavos shalmei emuni Yisrael. Laharchiv es hargoshas hachayim. Olehisromim el hargoshas achdos amuka ma'od. So I'll say this, this wording over here is so incredibly beautiful. He says this new heart, this new heart that we're going to receive in the Messianic era, yitar salavavos will purify the heart of those who have emuna. To expand the feeling of life. But what is the Chaban saying? Life is richer when you have HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Life is richer. You know what so often is, is the problem in the way we present Yiddishkeit? Is that we think of Yiddishkeit as things we have to do. Right? Things I have to do. But we forget the most important part, which is living a life of devekos, living a life of connection, living a life of halacha, living a life of commitment, living a life of mitzvos, improves the quality of my life. It's not just the pshat that I'm giving and not getting. I'm getting so much. My life is better. Everything about my life is better. Right? Hopefully my children are better. Hopefully my marriage is better. Hopefully my business is better. Hopefully I'm better. Everything is better because of my Yiddishkeit. That's, that's the goal. Unfortunately, it doesn't always happen that way for a variety of different reasons. But in Yemot Samashech, in the period of Geula, ultimately, again, there's going to be an expansiveness of a feeling of being alive. Isn't that incredible? Don't you ever have one of those days where you wonder to yourself, what am I doing? What am I doing? Right, like, what, what am I doing? Right, yeah, right, right. I'm like the hamster on the wheel, right? I'm just, you know, running, 
Keep on running. Right, day after day, it's the same wheel. It's the same schedule. You know, I do the same things, same behavior, same routine, same this, same that. And I wonder, like, I don't know, like, what's, what's my life? What's my life? So all too often what we do is when we feel that way, we distract ourselves. Uh, we say to ourselves, it's time for a vacation. That's not true. I mean, vacation is good. And it, it, sometimes it is true, right? A, a break. But the Shiloh then even is like, what do you use vacation for? So too often we use vacation as an escape. The power of vacation, in general, the power of vacation is the ability to like think outside of yourself a little bit, to stop the regular, you know, regiment of life and to take a step back and to say, hey, like, where am I going? What am I doing? What, sh- what, sh- what should I be focused on? We don't realize that like we go through life, but we're not really living. Or to say it a little bit differently, there are plenty of people who are alive, but they're not really living. They're not really living. They're busying themselves with a whole variety of things in order to pass time. So you both say, if you ask people, it's an, ama- it's an amazing thing. If you ask people, if you ask people when they spend a lot of time like on the internet, social media, things like that, you ask people like, why, why are you doing that? Like, what is it, what does it get? And maybe I'm a little bit biased because I'm not like a Facebook or Twitter <coughs> person, but like, like, what does that get you? What does it get you? So people give a whole, it connects me with people. It connects, let's say, I, I think, and I'm not a psychologist, Dr. Solomon, you could weigh in on this afterwards, you know, but I, 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 I you know, <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> I take insurance though, that I will say. I, I'll say so so what, what, what I'll point out is something amazing. I had this theory that I think most people just kind of like, they, what's the word, like, they just schlep through life. They just schlep through life. And you know what the beauty of Facebook and all this other stuff is? And this is not Facebook, I'm sure it has wonderful uses. But do you know what it does? It gets you, it just passes the time. It just passes the time. There are some people who their life is just simply to pass time. That's what I do. Because all the day's over. Hey, let's say you ever hear like sometimes you hear, I'm so happy the day's over. I cringe when I hear people say that. You're so happy the day's over. That's one more day behind you than in front of you. You're happy? You're happy? You must be a very self-assured person that you've got a whole bunch of days in front of you. Because I have no many I have no idea how many days I have in front of you. And every day that goes by that I haven't accomplished the things I want to accomplish, I feel a sense of pachad. But I think so many of us just we slept through life. We're not really living. We're not really living. We're alive, but we're not really living. And it's hard to confront us. And this is why I think, again, but as I was I'll just point out, by the way, this is the danger also. You see most of us, the older folk in here, so we grew up in a non-digital age. Our children who are growing up in a digital age, they're glued to this stuff. They're glued to this stuff. And I don't mean the inner problem. I mean, I'm saying they're just glued to it. And unfortunately, many of them, don't know what it means to live. Don't know what it means to experience life, not just passing time, but actively doing things that have meaning, that have importance, that have importance attached to them. So we live, but we're not alive. Or we're alive, but we're not, we're not living. So the Chaban says, do you know what happens in the future? There's a harchavas hargashas hachayim. Now we'll say, Mashiach comes, we're going to live. Not just be alive, but we're going to live. 
We're going to experience life in its totality. Now he's going back. And furthermore, there's going to be the achdos. Because remember again, in Golos, everything is about me. Right? In Golos, everything is about how could I become the best version of myself, which is beautiful. But that's Golos. Geula is I recognize that my core value is as a part of the whole. He goes, Listen to what he writes. So I'll say, listen to this. You know what's going to happen when Mashiach comes? You see, the, the beauty of what the Chaban is saying is, I don't think there's anything that he says that is such a Chiddush now at this point. But what's interesting is just to see the progression. When I go ahead and I have this expansiveness of my soul, I have a different neshama. I learn to really experience life. I focus on achtos and not just my own individuality. Something amazing happens. I will say, hold on to your seats. There's no machlokas. There's no machlokas. Now, I will say, I want to be clear. I don't think it means that Jews don't disagree. That's not what he's saying. But there's no, there's no bitter machlokas. Lahasiyas hamachlokas vahaperudim ves simtsum vekatnos hadas. See, I will say, there's no. Look at these words. Machlokas perudim. I will say, what's perud? Perud means separation. Simtsum vekatnos. It's just like. Just to understand, you know, we don't, it, it's interesting because I think this is one of the major distinctions between, let's say, what often we experience as Jews in the diaspora versus Eretz So I know my, my, my daughter was telling me, she's in seminary this year, and uh, last night there was a major hafkana. There was a major, what is it, hafkana? Um, protest. Protest against the light rail. So there are people who don't like the light rail, you know, coming through, whatever. And they were, they were, they were, people were pouring lighter fluid on the tracks. Lighter fluid on the tracks. And the police come, the police come, and they come in, and, and they come in horseback, swinging. And my daughter, my, my daughter's in her seminary. They're watching all of this out of the window. They had to lock down the seminary. And this is not Arabs. This is not Arabs. This is Jew against Jew. Lock down the seminary. She sees, she sees fires right outside of her dorm. She goes ahead and she sees the firemen come. And the firemen start getting into fire. Everybody, every, everybody, everybody's fighting. Everybody's fighting. What? What? Better to take a light rail on Shabbos than it is to raise a hand against another Jew. Better to build a light rail on Shabbos than it is to go ahead and chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom, mistreat another it, it's, you know, I'm saying that a bit hyperbolically, but you understand. There's such machlokas. There's such fundamental machlokas that exists within Klal Yisrael. And again, even, even here, here, it's, a, it's different here. It's different here. But you know what? There's so much of a divide between different streams of Judaism. And it hurts and it's harmful and it's difficult. Not everybody has to be best friends. Not everybody has to see eye to eye. But there has to be a way to coexist. There has to be a sense of achtos. So the, so, the, so the Chaban says, once I have my expanded ruchnius, and once again I'm beginning to really live and not just be alive, suddenly again I don't need to argue with people. There doesn't have to be divisiveness. There doesn't have to be machlokas. V'lochush es hayosenu im echad, neshama achos, guf echad mamish. We could be one body. We could be one soul. 
Meleas Omek Chaim Ve'osher Hagashos Kodem Nisius Kodesh Nisaus. So we'll say again, this is what the Bosa Mashiach is. Again, I want to point out, he's not describing anything like supernatural over here in the, in, in the world. Right? He's just describing another level of Ruchnius. Another level of spirituality. Lev Zeh. Ya'ir B'levavos Kola'am. Can you imagine what happens when every Jew has this type of neshama? Right? Every Jew has this type of elevated neshama. This ruach chadasha. This lev chadash. Where ultimately, again, I understand Hashem. I understand the deeper parts of Torah. I feel a sense of connection to my people. He says, this is going to be the heart that every Jew has. And we're going to go back to what was at Har Sinai. Because we'll say, how does the Torah describe Am Yisrael at Har Sinai? One people with one heart. One people, sorry, I should say, Pasuk says, and Am Yisrael camped there opposite the mountain. Rashi picks up on the fact that it says, Vayichan, Vayichan is singular. He camped opposite the mountain. It doesn't say they camped. Sorry, so why does it say he camped? Because Chal was Ki Ishechad, Belevechad. One people, with one heart. I've mentioned this many times in the past. My Rebbe has mentioned that Rashi doesn't say ki ishechad b'deya echad. Doesn't say one people with one opinion. Right? Because that never happened, never will happen. But the beautiful part is you don't have to have the same opinion in order to have achtos. Achtos is just a function where I understand we're all on the same team. We're all on the same team. Right? You know, we, uh, teammates have disagreements, right? This one wants to play this position, this one wants to play that position, and the coach, you know, has to come. Hey, so being on the same team doesn't mean we agree everything, but it means we're, we're not on opposite sides of the aisle over here. We're, 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 we're all on the same team. This is very important because here the Chalban explains the base Mikdash, see, Abosai. People think, and, and again, this is the unique approach of the Chaban. People think that it's the base Hamikdash which causes all of these things, all these things we've been learning. But in fact, says the Chaban, it's the opposite. It's all of these things which then allow for the building of the base Hamikdash. The building of the base Hamikdash is the result of the Ruach Chadasha, of the Lev Chadash of not just being alive, or not just living, but being alive. It's a function of the achdos. When I hit all of these markers along our national journey, the result of that, the result of all of that, is the building of the Beis HaMikdash. Is the building of the Beis HaMikdash. He goes on, he says, because the Beis HaMikdash says the Chaban is, is essentially... The physical manifestation or representation of all of the previously espoused values. Look at he writes. Think about this as a family. Right? You have a family. The family wants to buy a house. Here's what's interesting. When do you buy a house? Right? When, 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 when do you buy a house? Think about this just a moment. Right? Right, a person's going, when, when do you really decide to buy the house? When? When you need space. You need space. Mm-hmm. See, at the end of the day, if I'm fine in the apartment, right, or I'm fine in the condo, wherever it is, I'm fine. Okay, I'll, I'll look. It never, never hurts to look. But if I don't need it, there's nothing pushing me. So says the Chaban something amazing. The Beis Hamikdash, listen to these words. 
the base Hamikdash is only rebuilt when we actually feel that we need it. When we actually feel that we need it. And I was say, think about this just a moment. Don't answer. I'm not going to answer. But how many of us actually feel like we need a Beis HaMikdash? Like we need it. Again, I think we'd all agree, sure, well, yeah, I'll take one. I, 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 like, right, sign me up for that, a hundred, especially if God is raising the money for that, right? I, I, I'm, I'm in, right? I, I'm, why not? Why, why not? Of, of course I'll take it. There's a lot of things in life that I'd be happy to take. Again, I, I'm not like sitting around thinking about it, but if somebody offers it to me, so if you ask me, do I want a base Hamikdash? Sure, sure. I also want schnitzel and chili and everything else. You know, you know there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of things I want. A lot of things I want. Chaban says, that's why we don't have it. That's why we don't have it. Because it's not about wanting it. It's about needing it. And it's about knowing that I, I need it. I need it. I need it. And the Chaban says something amazing. Do you know why we don't feel we need it? Very simple. Because we haven't gone through the steps yet. There are steps, right? There's a whole bunch of steps, right? The whole first step is saying, Kaddish Baruch Hu, Kaddish Baruch Hu. I recognize now I have a Golos Neshama. I have a Golos Neshama. I have Golos Torah, right? I have a Golos identity. I'm focused on myself, on, the, on a good way. I'm building myself. Step number one, Kaddish Baruch Hu. I want something more. I want, I want a heart. I want the soul of Geula. I want to learn Torah on many levels. I want to feel you. I want Torah just to be something that I connect to, not because it makes sense to me or I like it or I understand, because it just feels part of who I am. I want that relationship with you. I want to be alive and not just live. I want achdos, real achdos. When I go through all of these steps and we actualize all of these steps, then it turns out <coughs> I need a Beis HaMikdash. Not that I want it, I need a Beis HaMikdash. Because at the end of the day, he says, Shielano Bayis Echad, page Nundalid. I need one home. Makom Bonis Kanis Kulano. Because remember again, the last step that the Chaban was describing was one of Achdos. Well, what's Achdos? Achdos demands that what? Everyone live in the same house. You know, spiritually, that is. Right? That's what, that's what Achdos is. We're all going to go ahead and live together. Right? We're all going to be together. So we'll say, isn't that absolutely incredible? So says the Chaban, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he'll say, it's just such a, I think we'd agree, right? The, the power of this, of this limud is not a week goes by that I don't have to start looking at things in a dramatically different way. So my whole life, I've been thinking it's all about me wanting the Beis HaMikdash. And I've just learned, no, it's about me feeling that I need the Beis HaMikdash. Because if I want something, want doesn't have to be something you need. A need means I have to have it. If I, if I don't have it, there's something actively missing. Wanting just means something I desire. If I get it, great. If I don't get it, fine. Chaim, what are you going to say? Does the Chaban address, we spoke about it towards the beginning, that the Beis HaMikdash was this time for So, I don't think, yeah, so it's a great question. It's a, I, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I have not finished this safer yet. So it could be that he, it could be that he addresses it sometime later on. I think that there's a simple question. 
you're presupposing that there's an eternal guarantee once we cross the messianic finish line, right? And the truth is, I don't think the Chalban is saying that. Again, there, there might be certain things when Mashiach comes are irreversible, but the ability to have achtos, lose achtos, have ruchnios, lose ruchnios, I don't know that that's a guarantee. I mean, there was this spiritual awareness or awakening that took place in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, but somehow that wasn't enough to keep it going. It's not that it, no, I would change those words. Not that it wasn't enough, they lost it. In other words, remember, ruchnios, we all know this, ruchnios is the most elusive thing in life. You could have it one day and it's gone the next. And it's going to, that's just, so in other words, it's not a stira. You know, it, it, this is why, like, you know, these are the parshas who focus on this. You know, we look at Chet Egel, right? It's in the golden calf. So we just quoted, Ishechad Belevechad, Naseven Ishma. And literally, the, pretty much like the next Pasuk, the next Pasuk, Elo Elokecha, Elo Elohecha Yisrael, right? This, these are your guys. What? What? Because again, Ruchnius doesn't bring with it any guarantees. It doesn't. Now, the Shaila is, is the Ruchnius of Mashiach a different kind of Ruchnius? In other words, do we cross a finish line which triggers an irreversible process? That we're going to discuss. That we're going to discuss. But I want to be clear, just because you had it at Har Sinai doesn't mean you can't lose it. Just because you had it first phase and the second phase doesn't mean you can't lose it. Vaharaya, we lost it. We lost it. So the Chaban goes on. Shuv. Paragraph Nundalit. Shuv, by the way, this is such a great line. Shuv lo yistarpe ka'isha yisraeli rak bebeis kneses kihilati na'a umafuar. This is what he writes. Timing is good. He says, no longer will we we'll be content simply with having our own nice shuls. Right? No longer will we be content just, oh, our kihila has a beautiful building. Right? The building's... No longer will we be content just with a building, with a shul, like Beit Knesset Kehilati, a congregational shul that services a particular segment of the community. Nor will I be content with a base medrash or a yeshiva that only caters towards a specific segment of the population. View Einov Belibo Sham Yomim. Can you imagine this? Uh, to me, this is like the hardest part of a Mashiach to wrap your head around. Can you imagine like a yeshiva that services everyone? Right? A shul that services everyone? everyone? I mean, that, that shul is the base of Mikdash, right? But, but, but that's what Geula is. Geula is where, because we also remember again, Golos is about me. Right, Gullus is about how can I become the best version of myself. So often the way I do that is by surrounding myself with a certain kind of people. Right? And often I surround myself with people who are just like me. That's what I'm most comfortable doing. But Lamaisa, when Mashiach comes, Gu'ula comes, so then everything changes. And suddenly again, I'm not content just simply again with my own kahila, with my own shul, with my own group of people. Suddenly I yearn to be together with everyone. I want to be a part of Klal Yisrael. And it only happens in one place. And I recognize that there's only really one place, only really one place, where ultimately that level of achtos has the ability to go ahead and really materialize. And that's in Harabayis. That's in the Beis And I hears where it really gets exciting. Says the Chalban, we're not reading about something in the distant future. 
This process has already begun. Chaban says the process has begun. You could see, it says the Chaban. We'll say, we see this, by the way. We see that there's, there's an awakening, right? There's an awakening, ultimately, again, within Klal Yisrael. There's an awakening within the Neshama of the Jew. There's an awakening. I both say, remember how we started this? I don't know what number of week this is for this year. We've been doing this for a little while. But you remember, again, when the Chaban began, he was talking about the concept how people contemporarily are drawn to Torah's Hanistar. Right, they say, why are we having a shir on this? Right, this, this is Gula Torah. Right, this is Gula Torah. So why, why are we learning this? Why do we learn Chasidus? Or why do people learn Zohar or Kabbalah? Why, and both say, by the way, you see, you see like there's a tremendous pull, a tremendous pull towards what we call Torah's Hanistar, the hidden dimension of Torah. And says the Chaban, that's because the spiritual awakening has begun. The transition from Golas to Geula has begun. The awakening of the neshama of the Jew has begun. It's happening. It's happening, says the Chalban. I both say, by the way, you, all you need to do is open your eyes and see this. You know, um, there was uh, these two gentlemen who were here from Eretz Yisrael this morning. Um, I forgot their names. Two Rabbanim from, from Eretz Yisrael. They're here collecting for an organization that builds mikvos. Actually, a beautiful organization. They build mikvos all over Eretz Yisrael. And so I met with them before Mincha. And then before Mincha. And they were saying to me, they could not believe how, the Daf Yomishir. Really the Daf Yomishir. Meaning what? So one of them was an older gentleman. He said, you have to understand something. That people are learning Meseches Chagiga. Like Chagiga is not one of the commonly learned Mesechtas. Right? No, no, no one learns Chagiga through the yeshiva system. Right? It's not one of the yeshivish mesechtas. No, no one learns it. The Lublina Rav gets the credit, ultimately, again, for creating Dafyomia. People are learning all of the forgotten mesechtas. I will say, but think about the topics we're learning now, right, in, 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 in Dafyomi. Right? Think about the topics we're learning in Chagiga. My Semer Kava. My Semer Kava, right? The Gemara says, don't learn it. And then what do we do? What do we do? We learn it, right? right? And, and, Alicia, and, and all of these, the Pardes, and all of these different situations, right? It's interesting. It's interesting now, by the way, and now, the Lom De Adaf, there are hundreds of thousands of Jews who learn Daf Yomi all, through, all throughout the world. They're all learning these esoteric pieces of Gemara. All they might say, that's incredible. That hasn't happened. That hasn't happened in generations. In generations. So therefore, again, says the Chalban, the awakening is happening. The awakening is already happening. He goes on, he says, This is what he said. He said, uh, Let's listen to this. However, as it comes with all matters of spirituality, but I will say, like every other ruchni endeavor, it requires an incredible amount of exertion. See, I will say, the way it works with ruchni is, is, the closer I get to accomplishing something, 
the more complicated it becomes. We'll say, I, you know, I actually I shared this vart with them when they were in my office, but I'll tell it to you now also. There's a beautiful vart by the Kotzker. So the Kotzker says, by the Akedah. Right? Remember again, Avram Avinu was commanded to sacrifice his son, to sacrifice Yitzchak. And in the last moment, the Torah says, Atish yad chalanar. Right? Don't go and do anything to the kid. Leave him alone. So Pasik then says, Vayar, Avram Avinu sees, he saw, there's a ram that's caught in the thicket by its horns. Avram Avinu goes over there, he offers up the ram as a carbon. So ask the Katzker, why did Avram Avinu offer up the ram? After all, Hashem told him, what? I don't want a carbon. So maybe Hashem didn't want any carbon, right? Not, not a kid, not a child, not a ram, nothing. That's what the Katzker says. Says the Katzker, if the ram would have run up to Avram Avinu and laid down at his feet, Avram Avinu would not have offered it. Because why? Anything that's too easy usually is Maisa Satan, right? It's not holy. It's not holy. When he saw that that goat, that ram, was caught in the thicket. Well, see, so you ever try to get a goat out of a thorn bush? It's not pretty. Hey, it's not pretty, right? You're at the goat struggling, and you get cut, and you this, and you that. And I guarantee you, Adam Avinu was bruised and bleeding by the time the ordeal was over. Says the Katskar, ah, struggle? Struggle? Where there is struggle, there is great holiness. There is no such thing as true Kedusha that is not preceded by profound struggle. So says the Chalban, Says the Chalban. I will say, isn't this interesting? We live in a, think about this just a moment. We live in a time of unprecedented access to Ruchnius. No? I, I think, again, I'm not a, I'm not a social scientist, I'm not a historian, right? But, but I, I, I think that this is a true statement. I think it's a true statement that never has there been a time where you could know nothing. You could know nothing and yet learn Kala Torah Kula. You could finish Shas without ever having any background in Gemara. Right? You could learn Chumash, you could learn Mishnah, you could learn whatever you want. Everything is accessible. So I'll say, isn't it interesting how everything is accessible and yet we are most definitely the most distracted generation? We're so distracted. Well, see, you know, it struck me. I was driving to New Jersey the other week and, and you know, they have the, the billboards that say, don't text and drive. So then you look at it, I thought to myself, like, we are out of our minds that we need a sign to remind us, don't text. I'm essentially like driving a bullet, right? I, I, right? I'm, driving, I'm, driving, I'm driving a vehicle at whatever, 60, 70 miles an hour that could cause untold damage, un- untold damage to myself and to others. But I have to be reminded, by the way, by the way, Maybe, maybe don't update your WhatsApp status, you know, you know, you know, while you're driving. Hey, on the turnpike, guys. Right, by the way, somebody actually sent me that. I saw somebody did that. Like, you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. They should take away your license for that, right? We have to be reminded. We have to be reminded not to do that. But I said, do you realize, like, it's like foolishness. I have to be reminded, by the way, when you're operating a vehicle, it used to be, I have to be reminded, don't drink and drive. So now I'm reminded, don't text and drive. Don't text and drive. So it's interesting how we live in a time of unprecedented holiness and access to Torah, and never before has there been such a time of great distraction. Right? I will say, we could do a little test. You have to try it at home. See how long you can go without distracting yourself. 
right? See how long you can go without grabbing something, looking at something, checking something. Again, if you're very important, you need to be on it all the time. Fine. See how long a person could go without distracting. So as I it's incredible. We kind of, myself included, we can't really go all that long. We can't really go all that long, right? And when you get here, what do they call it on Sundays? I don't know, Apple has it. Where on Sundays, they, they send out your message about how much usage you had. Do you know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one who gets that? Screen time. Screen time. Screen time. I will tell you, I shudder when I see that. Five hours. You could turn it off? Oh, good. <laughs> but that's the answer, right? The answer is, right? The answer is, just turn it off. Just turn it off, right? I'll say, but it, I tell you something, it's like startling. It's startling. I see how much time. And again, it would be nice to say, oh, it's all work. It's not all work. It's not all work. Hey, hours upon hours upon hours upon hours. Kedusha's right at the doorstep. The Torah of Geula is right at the doorstep. The Nunashama is waiting for me. This deeper part Torah are all here. I'm just so, I'm all over the place. I'm literally all over the place. All over the place. Let's finish up this last paragraph. He says, Vizeh, last paragraph, page Nundalit. Vizeh, Asher, Tzrichim, Anulasos. And I both say, this is why we have to work hard, right? We have to work hard. We have to push ourselves to be able to find this Neshama of Geula. Vizeh, Asher, Tzrichim, Anulasos. Hakitsu, Beraninu. Let's say we have to wake ourselves up, Beraninu, and to sing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Lokum, Listen to this wording. We have to get up and to greet the light that is coming out of our neshamas. The light is coming out, but I have to greet it. I have to be aware of it. I have to be cognizant of it. Uri, Uri, Livshe Uzech Tzion, Livshe Bigdei Sefartech Yushlam Yirak Kodesh. So we'll say, you see again how the Psukim always use Lashon of, wake up, Uri, Uri, Hisnari Me'afar Kumi, go ahead, shake off the dust, Shivi Yushalayim, Hispaschi Moshe Tzavarek Shivi. We'll say, it's an amazing thing. Says the Chalban, do we understand what's happening inside of us? Do we understand what's happening in the world? We're so close. We're on the doorstep of Geula, but we're so distracted, we're so asleep, we're so just distracted, that we just can't see it. So we'll say again, a beautiful passage from Shir Hashir, in the voice of my beloved, it comes, skipping over the mountains, jumping over the valleys. <coughs> Ultimately, again, my beloved stands behind the wall, looks through the window, he looks between the cracks, my beloved says to me, I will say, what does HaKadosh Baruch whisper at us? He says, Stand up, my beloved. My beautiful one. And let's move forward. So I will say, we've just made, we'll stop over here for tonight, but we've made a major transition tonight in Tal Lechayim. And the truth is, you've seen now that the conversation has transitioned from Geula into Gullus. Sorry, Chas Shalom. From Gullus into Geula. Chas Shalom. From Gullus into Geula. And now we'll say, here's what's amazing. Because many of you have been asking this question this whole time. Chaban's been describing two states. Gullus and Geula. And right, what's the million dollar question? How do you get from one to the next? And I will say, what's the answer? The answer is, I have to want it. Right? If I want it, 
then I can begin, right, need it, need it, I have to need it, but the truth is, most of us don't start with needing it, right? I start with wanting it. I start with wanting it. I want the deeper levels of Torah. I want Torah just to be something that I live with, that it doesn't have to make sense to me. I don't have to understand it. I just look, I, my Torah is my ability to be with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what I want. I want Achtos. I don't want life to be about making me, me. I want my life to be about being a part, being a limb of Kalal Yisrael. I want a Lev Chadash. I want the Ruach Chadash. I want, I want, I want, I want the Achdos. When I begin to want it, when I begin to want it, then over time, the want becomes a need. And when the want becomes a need, then ultimately, again, the base Hamikdash becomes a need as well. Because at the end of the day, all of these things that I truly want, I could really only have in the context of the base Hamikdash. So I'll say, how does the transition from Golas to Geula begin? Simply by wanting something different for our lives. The moment we want something different is the moment we're open to something different is the moment that the difference begins to occur. All right, so we'll stop over here for today. Shkoyach. And a shkoyach to Tzvi for the beautiful, beautiful spread. No, so then we'll have to see what, what, so what, what happens. What happens in Yemosa Mashiach. So that, that